Good morning. Good to see all of you. Amen. Are you having a good a good uh, summer so far? Well, it started yesterday, so how was yesterday and today so far? Was it nice? Amen. Glad to see all of you. Appreciate you being here today. I want you to get your Bible turned to Mark chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verses 51, 52. We're going to talk today for a few minutes about the necessity of being specific. The necessity of being specific. Do you think that it's important to be concise when you are given someone important information or instructions? I wonder how many builders today would think that, uh, that it would be important to, to specifically notate measurements. Or is it, is it, how does a building turn out if you just kind of eyeball it and, and uh, look at it and say, this is going to be fairly close? Greg, how would that be? Would that, would that turn out very nice? It wouldn't be very good, would it? Let me ask you even a more personal question. When you go to get your hair cut, ladies, do you want the technician to be talking on the phone or would you rather them be paying attention to what they're doing? Paying attention, you know. I think that it's important to be specific when we're dealing with things that matter. In fact, I was reading a story this past week. It took place several years ago, uh, 1990, specifically June, or January 25th, 1990. There was a Flight 52 or Avionica. Uh, it was from Columbia, so I hadn't, hadn't flown that airlines. But uh, it crashed, and it was, it was just 15 miles short of being able to land at JFK up in New York. 73 people were on the plane. They all died. You know, it's always a tragedy when something like that happens, but this one was perhaps even more so tragic because the reason that the plane crashed is it ran out of fuel. That's it. That's the only thing wrong with it. It ran out of fuel. And it it was circling the airport. It was in a holding pattern around the airport. You say, well, how stupid is that? I mean, why didn't they just land? Well... You know, I, I was kind of looking into this a little bit. It said uh, what I saw, and this may have changed by now, but under in international regulations, an airliner has to carry enough fuel to reach its destination as well as its assigned alternate, plus enough to handle an extra 45 minutes of delays. So this particular plane apparently had done all that, and they were in the air, but when they got close to the airport, they requested priority, not emergency landing. Priority landing, which said we need to land, but apparently is not as emphatic as emergency. And because they had requested priority landing instead of emergency landing, they were put in a holding pattern due to heavy traffic and bad weather. And they circled around the airport until they ran out of fuel and crashed. Do you think that that was okay with the passengers or their surviving family members? 
How would you have liked to have been the one that told the family members, boy, we're sorry that your loved one perished today. Uh, their plane ran out of fuel because the pilots said they needed to land but didn't say it was an emergency. I think we learn a valuable lesson from that, even though it's tragic and, and uh, kind of taken to another level. That may be sometimes things aren't quite life and death. But being specific is always going to be the best way to deal with information. It's going to be the best way to receive information. It's going to be the best way to communicate. How many of you all just this week could list for me an occasion where at your job or at wherever you're at during the day, something happened and it didn't have to if the person in charge would have just been a little bit more effective in their communication? Think about that for a minute. How, not, how many of your conversations end up husbands and wives talking about, well, this is what happened today, and he says, well, why? Why didn't, he just, why didn't so-and-so just tell you? Say, I don't know. They don't ever tell me stuff. Anybody ever have those kind of conversations? Now, the difference between us is some of you people are very detailed, and you like a lot of information. Some people don't really want the information, and people that don't want the information don't really care to share information either. And I'm kind of that way. I mean, I try to be more specific and I try to be a communicator. I'm learning, though, that that I may not be as effective as I think I am. Uh, and I'm not I don't communicate as well as I thought I did. Does that make sense? And if you're saying no, that's because I'm not communicating very well right now. No, but we'll do the best we can. Spit it out and we'll get whatever we can from it and we'll go on to the house. You know, I think that it's very important that when we talk to God, we be very specific. I want you to think for just a moment about the last prayer you prayed. Evaluate that prayer in light of how specific it must have been. What did God hear you say? God bless all the people in the world. Lord, don't let anybody be sick. God, I pray that everybody will have a good job. Now, Lord, let me pray for my church. I pray for the pastors and whatever it is and whoever they are and whatever it is they do today. Lord, I want to pray for all the people in our church Surely out of that many people, somebody's sick, and I just ask you to just heal everybody. Now, y'all are laughing. When some of you are getting a little, you're like, man, you, what are you rubing my prayer for? That's how I pray all the time. I'm, I'm just trying to pray for people. God bless all of the workers. God help all of the teachers. Hmm. I think that we learn from the word today that we need to be more specific and that when we are specific, we, we are, there's, there's, there are reasons why that is necessary. And I'm going to show those to you today. So I want you to look with me to this text in Mark. Chapter 10, verse 51. Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, teacher, I want to see again. What if he would have said, like so many of us do, Lord, I just want to be well. 
I don't want to be sick. Okay. God, I don't like that I don't feel good. All right. Take it from there, God. You figure out what to do. We love that prayer. Lord, you know, you made me so you know what's wrong with me. You made me, you know what's wrong with me, and I don't really have time to figure this out. And I'm not going to go try to find out what's wrong, but God, you just fix it. And while you're at it, not just me, but everybody around me that's sick too, just touch them, whatever it is they have. Jesus told the guy in verse 52, go, your faith has made you well. And at once he could see again and he followed Jesus on the road. Now, notice something about this. Jesus asks him specifically what he wanted and the man responded in like manner. So let me take just a few minutes and kind of explain this passage a little bit more in detail, okay? Look back to verse 46. We're not going to read it, but let's just walk down through and look at this. Here, here's the situation. Jesus' disciples, they're, they're, they've been at Jericho. Uh, they're leaving. A lot of people are with them. Uh, they're, they're on the road leaving Jericho. And a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, who's the son of Timaeus. Why are we getting all these details? I think maybe they're important. Was sitting by the road. Now, in this account, you don't hear it. But if you study the, this account in the other, there's two other gospels where this is listed. It's listed in Matthew. It's listed in Luke. And one of those accounts actually says that there were two people sitting by the road. That is not a contradiction of Scripture. It's what's called a variance. You say, well, how come they said uh, one of them says two and the other two say there's only one? It's not that either one of them's lying. It's just that if you were standing at this intersection and Katie was at that one and there was a car wreck in between us and somebody asked us what happened, we'd both tell the same story, but we would tell it per the details we noticed. For some reason, two of these fellas noticed one specific guy, specifically the detail person in this case, who happened to be just that kind of guy, Mark, says, let me get a little bit more specific about this because there's a reason why I want to tell you. The other one said, you know, there's two guys sitting by the road. They're both hollering out, we want to we be healed. But here we hear that it is Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. We're going to receive specific information about these guys. Why? Because maybe Mark knew that everybody in that region knew Bartimaeus. And how much more effective that would be to say, hey, there was a guy over there by Jericho that was blind and Jesus went by and healed him. Maybe say, that's really cool. No. Do you know that guy, Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, sits by the road in Jericho? He's been there for years. Yeah, I know that guy. Well, he's not there anymore. How come? Jesus came through and tested him. Now, which one's more effective? I know that guy. I've known, he's been blind all his time. I've always known that guy. I've been dropping coins in his cup. Well, he's not blind anymore. So, perhaps he's, he's a well-known character. And that's why he's listed here specifically and not the other one. Verse 47 when he heard that Jesus from Nazareth was passing by, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, had mercy on me. The people told him to be quiet, but he shouted even louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and he said, call him. And they called the blind man and told him, cheer up, get up. He's calling you. I like this response here, verse 50. The blind man threw off his coat, jumped up and went to Jesus. Can you just see this picture? 
mean, little experiment here. Everybody put your Bibles down, put both your hands over your eyes, get out in the aisle and just take off running. <laughs> Don't really do that. Why? Because you can't see where you're going. And we're going to have a lot of wrecks in here. You imagine, though, Jesus says, okay, call him. Well, there he is. He's calling you. Tell him to come to me. Well, Jesus, why don't you go to him? I mean, the guy's blind. Let's see his zeal. You got some zeal if you're blind. And somebody's, and you, but that, what it is is his faith. That, the faith right there, the action right there is why this particular individual was healed. That's not necessarily the message, but it is a message. In that he's sitting there, he can't see a thing. He's been blind all this time. He throws off his coat, jumps up, and takes off toward Jesus, and he can't even see. And Jesus says, that's faith right there, because he's expecting that he's going to be able to see her. He wouldn't run like that. I mean, how many of y'all get up in the middle of the night and just jump up out of bed in the darkness and just take off running? How much fun is that? I mean, how many bad words do you say when you catch that little toe right on the edge of the bed? You ever done it? And you just stop and you just thank the Lord, bless Jesus, been so good to me. Thank you for not tearing it all the way off. Huh? Blind people don't run much. He throws off his coat, jumps up, and Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? And he says, teacher, I want to see again. And Jesus said, go, your faith has made you well. And at once he could see, and he follows Jesus on the road. Now, I've thought a lot about the story and its implications this week. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, two weeks ago, we talked about having our heart right with God. You remember that? That how we have our heart right with God. Then last week, we talked about that God is wherever you are if your heart is right with Him. You remember that? So today, let's take this another step. There's a lady named Cindy Hess Casper, and she wrote this, and I quote. She said, the heart of prayer is prayer from the heart. Now, let me tell you what she's saying, because you might not get that from that statement, but I read a lot more than just that statement. From her, I actually read an excerpt, and that was just one of the sentences in that statement. From that, you wouldn't glean what I'm about to say. But if I tell you what the whole article was about, it will make sense. She was saying that God desires specific heartfelt prayers and pleas. And I want to list for you the results of what specific prayer will do or how it is the result of specific prayer are identified easily four ways. Number one, specific prayer results in number one, specific prayer requests. And that's important. How many of you know that it's best to just be blunt with God? I'm not saying rude. You don't want to be rude with God. I don't see anybody in Scripture that ever made out well by being rude and disrespectful to God. But I can see a lot of heartfelt, sincere prayers that weren't all flowery. Jesus wasn't impressed with all those flowery chants and incantations. It was that simple, heartfelt, concise, direct communication that received the attention 
of Jesus and receives the attention of our Father. He knows your heart already. Remember from the last couple of weeks, he already knows your motives. He just wants you to keep it real. Just get to it. Now we're given the, the, you know, when we talk about prayer, we're given the example. We need to remember how to do it correctly. We need to remember that we go to God, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. We reverence you. We respect you. We go that way. We praise him. We, we go per the way we're supposed to go. But we're going to seek him and praise him. And we're going to seek his will. But eventually we're going to get to give us this day our daily bread in that prayer. And when we get to that part, we need to remember to make our request known sincerely. So when you go to God, talk like you talk. Have you ever have you ever heard someone called upon to pray and they got up and they, you know, they had to get their stuff just straight? Our most omnipotent father. And all of a sudden their voice went down like 20 decibels. Oh God, we want to come to you today. Like, I ate lunch with that guy yesterday. I, I didn't, he didn't do that. I mean, we were talking about the game last night and he... I mean, that's a, that's a weird voice. We recognize thy presence here at this thine right restaurant. People like to eat lunch with me, not because I'm such great company, but because invariably if you have a preacher at lunch, he prays. You know, everybody says, well, that's a preacher. Better than and they love to eat with me because I pray. Thank you, Lord, for this food and this fellowship. I'm eating. They're looking around like, is he done? I'll pray for missionaries later on. You should have been with me this morning. I mean, I, I, I will pray when I pray, but it's time to eat, and the food is hot right now. I might even pray when I'm done. Sometimes I do that. Oh, that's blasphemous. Sometimes I eat it because I want to see if it's good before I tell him. I pray, but it don't mean it's going to happen before. Just because you have your little trite way of doing it don't mean I'm going to do it that way. I sometimes eat it, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, that is good. Lord, I, want to, I do want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for that many times. That other, I don't really care so much for that. I'm not so thankful for that. But this year, I'm really thankful for. And you say, that's not very good, but it's evolved. I mean, when I was y'all's age, I shouldn't tell you this, and I don't, please don't do it, but, you know, I, I, was, I was bent on going to pray over my meals at school, and it was difficult because not everybody was Christians, and I was trying to keep them from finding that out, which is terrible. So sometimes I had to drop my fork on the ground and then picking it up. Thank you, Lord, for this food. That's not good. But I'll tell you what really doesn't work. Oh, uh, could I get the cafeteria's attention, please? Could we all stand and join hands? I'm about to pray over my meal. And you're going to get, you know, milk and food thrown on you. Not going to work. I've learned, though, that for me, when I pray, I just, I, I, I don't care about how other people perceive that or what they think about it. Every once in a while I get called to pray on in public in front of lots of people. And, and I'm, not gonna, I'm not trying to be unkind to those folks who get nervous. And so, you know, some of those guys, where they get up and they put their glasses on, they get their notes out, they open them up, and they start reading their prayer. 
And you know, a lot of thought went into that and some really good things are said. And it's okay. I'm not, it's okay. I mean, that's what they do. I mean, some, some of us, that's how we would handle that because we're like, man, ain't no way I'm going to put a microphone in my mouth. I'm just going to start talking. I won't be able to say nothing standing there. But I know how much more effective it is for me when somebody stands up, takes a mic. He says, God, Lord, you know I love you. Lord, I want to repent today for anything in my heart that's not pleasing to you. Because, God, you know my heart. Search my heart. You know it better than I do. Lord, I love you. I praise you. I'm so thankful for everything that you do in my life. Lord, I'm thankful to have this opportunity that I have. And I pray, oh, God, that you would anoint it. That, God, I would walk today worthy of the calling that you've given me. Because, God, in myself, I can't. But I pray that you'd help me. Help me be a witness today. Let me, let me be your eyes and your hands and your feet and your ears. Help me do your will in Jesus' name. I like that prayer better than thou most omnipotentest, gracious, holy. Don't waste God's time trying to be fake or trying to lie. Treat God like your father and your friend. What would your dad do if you walked in and said, Oh, most holy dad. We're done. If your parents know your heart, how much more does your father know your heart? My best results come from specific prayer that's played. Prayed, and I, I, I don't know how good it does to ask God to just take care of all the people in the world. God bless everybody. God keep everybody safe from harm. Lord, heal all the sick and save all the lost. And God said, well, yeah, I mean, that's why you're there. We hear, hear that prayer. God save all the lost. And God said, well, that's what I want to do. I'm intending to do that. That's why you're there. Well, I can't save them. No, but you're there to share the good news with them. Share, go share the good news and I'll save them. We don't pray that part. God save all the lost people in the world. Send someone to those poor lost people. God says, okay, you're it. No, send someone else. Real prayer is specific and that's work and that's why we don't do it. Real prayer is specific, and that is work, and that's why we don't do it. Amen? Hmm. It's not about how many minutes you pray. If you're, if you're, if you're under the bondage of trying to pray a specific amount of time and you have to set the clock, and then you're down on your knees and, and you know, you, you just, you, you just, you know, you're looking at your phone and you're looking at the clock, but you can't get up because you got to do so. How effective is that? Well, I've got to do X amount of minutes a day. How about just spending time with God and doing what he likes and you like to do together? And in the midst of that, you're talking to him and he's talking to you because real prayer is communication back and forth. It's not just you jumping down on your knees and giving him your wish list for the week. It's you getting down, acknowledging his goodness, and then you're waiting. You're saying, hey, God, I want to spend as much time listening as I do talking. So I'm opening myself up to you. Speak to me because I need to hear from you a whole lot worse than you need to hear from me. What you have to say to me is going to be a whole lot more significant than what I have to say to you. 
You're going to pray specifically about what you care about. Let me ask you this question. When your baby is sick, your baby is sick, do you pray a prayer and say, God, heal all the babies in the world, or do you call the name of your baby out and pray for your baby? Which one do you do? Which one is effective? When Jesus called Lazarus to come up from the dead, he called him specifically. If he had just walked out to the cemetery and said, dead come to life, what would have happened? This is God. He walks out there and he hollers, dead come to life. What happens? A lot of stuff that inquiring minds want to read about in magazines and articles. I was down there the other day, Jesus walking, I said, all the dead get up, and there was like 400 people popped up out of the ground, skeletons and running around all over the place. Jesus was specific in who he called, because if he'd have just said everybody get up, they might have all got up. God is specific and he wants us to be specific. I make very important decisions by praying specifically. When, when, when you buy your home, don't... You know what? Some people... I'm not trying to preach materialism. I'm not doing that. But everybody needs a place to live in. And everybody has to have transportation. So I'm not trying to be materialistic. But I'm saying, when you buy your house, you don't just pray, God, give us a house. Because you get a house. And when you get there, you might look around and say, this is not really what we had in mind. You know, Deb and I, on issues like that, we pray specifically. You said, I, I don't know if I b- agree with that. Well, I don't care whether you agree with it or not because it works for me. God specifically, here's what we needed in that time in our life for our family, for our children. Here's what we needed. And I listed for him. God, we need this and this and this. I'm not, God, I'm not trying to be fancy. I'm just saying this is what we need. And you, you'll be the de- you, you're going to be the determiner of that anyway. But I'm just making it known from my heart. We're going to need this, 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 this. And then guess what we got? Exactly that. Deb always reminds me now when I start to pray. She says, remember, pray specifically. Because she knows when we pray specifically that we get what we need and ask for. I'm going to tell you something. If you want to get married and you say, God, give me a wife. Lord, I just want a husband. And he says, what you want? He says, I don't care. I don't care what he looks like. I don't care what he does. Oh, really? Mm. So when you pray for that spouse, you start praying specifically for that person. God, I pray for that man or for that woman that's the, just the right one for me. Who is that person for me? Who is that person whose, whose abilities and their mentality and everything they're about and upbringing is going to mesh with me so that, so that we'll spend the rest of our lives together? I pray specifically for my children. God, I don't want either one of my kids to ever have to go through a separation or a divorce. I don't ever want dysfunction to enter into our family. I don't ever want them to have to deal with the baggage of all of those things. I pray specifically that you will put them with the person that you want them with. And I pray in this prayer when they were little kids. She may just be a little girl right now, but Lord, somewhere there is a little boy and you're raising him in the fear and admonition of your word and someday God they're going to meet they're going to come together and they're going to know that this was your I'm talking about praying specifically because I wanted my children to marry the people God had for them I didn't just say God I hope someday that Heather will grow up and find somebody God let somebody take Heather 
And poor old Kyle could tell you, I'm, I'm telling you right now, it wasn't no easy road getting in, was it, Kyle? It wasn't no easy road. We had some conversations. We had some of them conversations about, hey, how long are you willing to invest in this situation with me watching? <laughs> Specific prayer requests. Not materialistic, but specific. I pray according to his word, his will, and his way. When you pray specifically, your request will be specific. This blind man was specific in the request he was asking for. When Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do? He didn't just say, well, I wish I wasn't like this. Like what? He said, I want to see again. All right, I, I can deal with that. If that's what you want, then that's what we'll do. Number two, specific praise reports. How effective is that praise report when it's given with details that only God could have orchestrated? Let me, let me give you a, a better example of that. Many of you were here several months ago when my dad preached. Do you remember that? And my dad wasn't even supposed to live. I mean, he, they, service, we won't go into the whole thing again, but the service was planned. We'd met with the funeral director. It was all laid out, even bought the headstone and put it on the plot. Now, how impressive would it have been if he, if he would have gotten up one Sunday morning and just said to you, I was really sick and the Lord healed me. And all of us would have been like, that's awesome. But when he stood up here and he said, I had rheumatoid arthritis, I got bitten by a poisonous snake, I had, an, uh, you know, he started listing, I had an open wound on my ankle that would not heal, I had, a, I had cancer, he started listing all these different things, and, and, he, and he said, and I was nearly dead, and all of us watched him that last year or two, when he shriveled away from 295 pounds, six foot four, down to 196 pounds, and he's, and he's grabbing onto things to be able to get in here to the building. And he stood up that day, and he specifically laid out for you, and people, instead of it being, I was really sick, and the Lord healed me, he got up and he laid that out, and, and then we knew him, and we said, oh, my Lord, God healed him, gave him a new heart. How effective was that? Specific Praise reports. This blind man was specific. He was healed and he and everybody else knew he was healed. Why'd they know? Because they said it was blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. And you know he was blind. Specific praise report. Instead of somebody saying, hey, I heard that there was a guy around Jericho the other day. I don't know what his name was. If I wasn't there, I don't know. But I just heard a rumor. There was a guy over there that he was blind. And per, per, uh, I guess that he got healed and he can see. Wow. Wow. Instead of, hey, blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, to sit right there that we was dropping coins in his cup. He ain't been able to see all these years. And Jesus walked by the other day and this dude flipped off his coat, took off running in his blindness. And Jesus healed him. And I saw it and it was real. Which one's more effective? Specific praise report. Number three, specific personal rewards. What is that? I walk away from my answered prayers changed. 
When I pray specifically and God answers specifically, it does something in me. It changes me. It makes me more mature. It causes me to be more effective. My faith is stronger. My resolve is stronger. My endurance and my patience are stronger. Every time that God answers a specific prayer for me, it makes me a more mature disciple. Now, I don't know how many times in my life that God has kept me from terrible things that were about to happen. Wrecks, you know, we, we know about that. There's time you was driving, you might have been in a wreck and God kept you, or a time that it, something was going on. I don't know. I don't know what it was. How many times did God heal me? How many times did he keep me that I wasn't even aware of it? And I praise him for all of that. But I'm going to tell you something. The times that I know I'm about to die and God brings me through, I can be very specific in knowing he loves me. Why does God let you get to the point when you pray, oh God, I just want to pray today that nothing happens to me or anybody I know and keep us all safe. And God's like, well, there's no fun in that. Because you're not going to have no testimony about how that you almost went off that cliff, but just at the time when your brakes weren't working, somehow your car stopped miraculously. Hmm? And you got out of your car and you said, wow, God in heaven did that. He must really love me. I mean, sometimes things happen in our lives so that we'll have a praise report. So that we'll have something that boosts our faith. So we'll know how much he loves us. God loved me so much that this was what was wrong. And I specifically asked him to help me. And he did. And look what he did. And I can lay out for you exactly how that happened. I know the details Instead of, I bet you there's been times in my life where God's kept me from bad things. Of course that's happened. But you can really give a praise report over the things that you specifically knew were happening. And God intervened. And in that, you're able to know God specifically knows me. He loves me and he cares for me. That blind man's life was forever changed. Forever changed. He's different. He's better after this request. It leads me to the last one. Specific presence recognition. When I pray specifically, I'm made aware that he is near. How many times have you just sat and looked up and wondered if God was really paying attention? Have you ever sat and thought about how insignificant we are? I mean, if you ever get up in an airplane, 35, 36, 38,000 feet, and you look down, and you can't even see people, and you're thinking, you know, there's 7 billion of us on the planet, and God knows every single one of us, and even knows how many hairs are on each one of our heads, and then we think, oh, come on now. I know he's God, and he really does know that, but does he care? Come on, seriously. I mean, we're up here, and we can't even see people. He's trying to look at 7 billion. And so then something that then the devil kind of, tre- kind of creeps in there and he says, you know what, God is, God is not so really all that much concerned about you. You're so insignificant and what you do is so minute. And whether you do it or you don't, it's not really that big of a deal. God doesn't really care. God's not paying attention to you. And if you got your little headache and you're praying for God, God don't care about your headache. Go take a BC powder, you know, and just all that kind of stuff. It goes into our head, right? But hang on a minute. When we pray specifically and we receive a specific answer, all of a sudden we realize that God is not this cosmic force that's billions of miles away that's simply intrigued to look once upon a time at the creation that he is, has put on a planet to see what they're up to. Instead, he is a personal God who is living in me. And he loves me and he cares about me. And he's concerned when I'm not happy and when I'm not well and when I'm hurting. He cares. 
He's near. He's personal. I love that part in the story there where it says that this blind man is now able to follow Jesus on the road. He used to stay out of the road so he wouldn't get run over. Now he is hopped up and he's following Jesus. Where specifically? On the road. Bartimaeus is out in the road. Poor blind guy's going to get hit by a camel. No, he won't because Jesus touched him and he could see. He's out there. Last I saw, he was out on the road following Jesus. Hmm. That's pretty specific. I go back to the lady I was talking about a minute ago, Cindy Hess Casper, and she wrote, Being specific with God can even be a sign of faith because we are acknowledging that we're not talking to a far-off being, but to a real person who loves us intimately. I'm thankful to have that kind of a God, an on-time, up-close, takeover God. Don't be surprised by the results of non-specific prayers that you just hurl up into the air. Some people get so, so upset. I've been praying and nothing's happening. I've been praying and God don't answer. Well, what's your prayer? I've just been praying. God heal everybody. God heal everybody. And not everybody's healed. Don't be surprised by non-specific prayers. Why would you get a specific answer to a non-specific prayer if your child comes to you and says dad I just don't ever want to be hungry again okay go in the kitchen find you something to eat but they can be much more specific than that dad I want pizza I want pepperoni pizza. I want Canadian bacon pizza with pineapple on it. Huh? And see all kind of perked up when I start talking about that. If I'd have just said, you know, we ought to go eat lunch sometime today. Well, yeah, yeah. But I start saying, yeah, but we ought to go eat chicken fried steak with mashed potatoes and brown gravy on both with green beans and rolled with butter and sweet tea like they got down in Georgia. And all of a sudden, people perking up saying, yes, amen, so be it. Huh? What do you want? What do you need? What do you want God to know? What do you want him to do? Tell him specifically. I'm not saying be a baby. I'm not telling you to, uh, to start praying like a baby. We all got to grow up. We got to pray like adults. Don't start trying to make God your personal genie. But when you need a specific answer, pray a specific prayer. Pray it in faith. Pray it with reverence. Pray the nevertheless. You always got to be willing to pray the nevertheless. But pray specifically. And when you pray specifically, you'll find something. Your requests, your reports, your rewards, and your recognition of his presence will be, ex will be specific and impressive. Otherwise, you don't notice it so much. What do you need to pray? Listen to these prayers of these children. This is my conclusion. Lois was nine years old. She wrote, Dear God, please help me in school. I need help in spelling, adding, history, geography, and writing. 
I don't need help in anything else. Another little boy, seven years old. Dear Lord, thank you for the nice day today. You even fooled the TV weatherman. Another little girl, she said, tomorrow is my birthday, Lord. Could you please put a rainbow in the sky? That's specific. Huh? And when the rainbow is in the sky, guess what she's going to do? Look what God did for me. That's my rainbow. Look what God did for me. How can God receive praise for things he does for us when we don't even know what we're asking for? Let's learn to pray specifically. Not materialistically, but specifically. Tell God what you need him to know. Well, he already knows it, Pastor. I understand that, but he still wants you to formulate it. Ask him for what only he can do. And believe him and get ready then to give a praise report when he answers your prayer. Would you stand to your feet? Probably everyone in this room has something right now that is on your heart that you're really praying for. If, if, if that's you, if I'm talking to you, I'm not, I'm not trying to be generic. I mean, a lot of, I could get up in this room, a lot, of, a lot of faith healers do this. I could get up here and I could say, right now in this room, there's somebody with a headache. Is, is who has a headache? Does anybody in this room have a headache? Raise your hand if you have a headache. Anybody? No? Well, see, I missed that one. But I could explain that away. Well, God's already healed you. Does anybody in this room have a relationship that they're worried about? Somebody that's in your family that it's just things are just not right. If you are in this room, raise your hand. Somebody you're praying for. Well, got that one right, didn't I? Huh? I didn't get that right. I say that in any room. If there's more than five people there, just about anything I list, I'm going to get a hand. Huh? But if you notice, I keep my mouth shut a lot of times. And when I open it at these times, it's real specific. It is. Well, God told me, you know, and I fight that because I don't I don't want to I don't ever want to say stuff and mess people up and be wrong, you know. But God specifically says things to people from time to time in certain situations. He reveals things. He doesn't reveal all the details, but he reveals certain things about people from time to time. I could list all kinds of things and I could get hands right now, but I don't really want to do that. What I want to do is for you simply, I simply want to know as an acknowledgement, how many in this room have something right now on your heart that you're really praying for? If so, raise your hand. Something that you're really praying for. Now then, acknowledging that, now then, I want you... I want you to just ask yourself and examine the prayers you've prayed about that. Have they been specific? Have they been specific? How, how, how much more could you make them specific? How much more reverently blunt could you be with God concerning that need? You're not being arrogant. You're not being, you're not being private. You're not going to throw your Bible down, jump up on it and say, I'm standing and believing and, and demanding because I'm your child. I'm not going to tell you to do all that. But what I would say is, 
If you can specifically acknowledge a need for which you want God and only God can do it, then I want you to put both your hands up in the air right now and you pray and you tell God specifically. Tell him specifically. God, you know my heart. You know me. It's just me. Lord, it's just me. I got nowhere else to go but you. Now then, specifically tell him what you need him to do. All over this room, just pray. Just be praying. You just pray. I'm not bringing you to the front. This is what we're doing. If that prayer you're praying is according to his will, his word, and his way, then why would he not want to answer that, especially since you were specific in the request? Because you're going to have a specific praise report to share. If you'll share it, why would he not want you to have that opportunity to declare his glory? Why wouldn't he do that? Let's just pray for a minute. Let's just stay in this attitude for a minute. And you just, those of you, your hands raised, that's fine. Anybody in this room, just, let's just, let's just pray. Let's just seek the Lord for a minute. Let's wait on him for a minute. y'all be patient with me for just a minute I won't call anybody out but brother Jerry and Chad Cumpy see that man right there in that blue shirt would y'all just go over there and pray with him Nelson Brian Walter raise your hand Aaron 
would you guys go right over and pray for Aaron? Something going on there. Go over there and just lay hands on him. Holy Spirit, I just ask for you just to begin to reign in this place. Just let your Holy Spirit presence just begin to reign in this place. We open up our hearts, Lord, to just receive from you. today just throw off your coat and go after him hmm? Jesus says what do you want me to do just tell him what you want him to do you need healing you need help chase after Jesus right now what do you need God to do what are you desperate for today? Our God is near. He is not away, away, away. He is very near. He's close, what, as the whisper of his name. He's just right there. God is near. God is concerned. God cares.
Well, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Thank you again for being with us today. And if you're a guest and you filled out the connection card inside of the bulletin, I would ask that you specifically tear that out and take it to the kiosk out in the uh, Great Hall and lay it there and leave it there with us. We would appreciate that. Some of the things that are going on around here tonight, <clears throat> the venue will not be meeting here. Uh, we will be meeting at Gully Park. Uh, the fourth Sunday of each summer month, we're going to be having church in the park. So if you want to enjoy an evening uh, at the park, we're going to be at Gully playing sand volleyball, ultimate frisbee, uh, hanging out. Everybody's going to bring their own sack dinner, and we're just going to sit around. We'll have a couple songs and a, and a short message, but just going to just kind of chill at the park tonight. So if you want to join us, feel free to at 6 o'clock from anywhere to 6 to 8 or 8.30. Also, VBS starts tonight from 6 to 8, and it goes through Thursday. So make sure uh, and invite your friends, canvas your neighborhood, and anywhere there are children, get, you know, put out that invitation. Let them know that VBS is going on at Trinity Fellowship this week. Also, there's a sign-up on the information kiosk to volunteer for an outreach uh, called The Good News. And this is going to be happening at Murphy Park. I'm not sure of the date, but you can stop by and look at that. That's, that's awesome. Um, also, Miranda. Weiss, where are you, Miranda? Are you still in here? There she is. Uh, Miranda Weiss will become Miranda Victoria this Saturday. So, Friday. All right. I, I was given the wrong information. Specifics are important. Um, Friday. Friday. But, yeah, we're, I'm so excited for her and Juan, uh, for them to start their life together as a married couple. So, uh, mark your uh, calendar and keep them in your prayer also as they begin this journey together. Uh, just two wonderful people. So excited for them. And also fireworks sales are beginning. So uh, go see Pastor Brian and uh, go buy from him specifically because if you don't, I know that he will be very upset with you. So support Three, de three Degrees Youth Ministry here at Trinity Fellowship by buying all of your fireworks from their tent. But anyway, it's been good to be with you guys, and thanks for being here. God bless you guys. Have a great afternoon. So